Al Sahel got a dream split in the all blue colours and he's just got two lanes to make up. Then towards the outside of Shining Blue, Rada Bayo, Hakiki, they further back. Al Sahel goes level with International Angel and Al Sahel kicks into overdrive. Al Sahel at the drop of a hat, quickened away from International Angel. San Donato, best of the rest. Al Sahel impresses again. A big win. Al Sahel backs up what he did first up. James, still a bit stiff. Wins by four. And gets booted for Buick on the weekend. Bit harsh. Well, that's the rules. Them's the rules. Uh, we've spoken about that. We're this is a very James Doyle friendly podcast, but he was being very friendly to William. Did you see the mile and a half race, the Dubai City of Gold? I missed that one. Very friendly to William, the number one man. But the number one man was aboard the number one horse in the one race on the card that wasn't a group race, but it did produce the best performance, not only of. Not so super Saturday, haha. <laughs> but um, also anywhere in the world on the weekend, Elsa Hale, a hundred and twenty-four, absolutely blowing Santonado off the track. It was big performance. You saw that one? I saw that one. It was big. He's in a bit of a. It's actually the highest-rated performance of the Dubai Carnival so far, going back in the last three months as we've been building to World Cup night. But I suppose he's a little bit. He's in a bit of a sticky situation because seven fourteen hundred. Seems to be the sweet spot for him. Uh, so he has to either, if he's going to play ball on, on World Cup night, he has to either decide to go up 400 for the 1800, uh, where Charlie has plenty of ammo, or come back to the sprint at 1200. I think they'll go back to the sprint at 1200 because it, it looks weak as water. Yep. And he's not. So he had the start before. So this was obviously in a lesser race, but he had the start before hammered Al Farik who then turned around and won the Jebel Hatter. So that was the, the race after that. William there was uh, very cute on Master of the Seas. <laughs> Offshore Pendrith nominee on Master of the, the Seas there. In real world, the highest rated horse going into the weekend was 10th, just behind I Am Superman. So he was a nominee for the biggest flop of the weekend. In fact, a strong nominee. He was 2-1 to one instead of Shorter. And Sae, the Dubai traffic cop, was... On air beforehand on the coverage there, I noticed saying he was 85% fit. Good plan. Very specific. Off 240 days. <laughs> Bad news, Saeed. He wasn't ready. You undersold that. I looked at it. He ran to 82% of his master rating. So <laughs> Saeed's at 85. The, the truth bears out. 82% fit. It's pretty good from Saeed world. Mm. to get it within 3%. I don't think there was anything in that Jebel Hatter that would have the Japanese army... Quaking. No. So the one that Damien Lane won the mile championship on is going. Name Man. rapidly escapes me. And Dan on Beluga is going and Deduce is going here. He is. So there is plenty of one mid-120 ammo heading that way from Japan. And this was Al Farik won the Jebel Hatter with a 119. So, and as I said, Al Sahar was 124 and better than him in the race before that. And the Dubai City of Gold, well, that won't have Equinox worrying too much at all. And I think um, I think I saw Emily Upjohn might be going for Gosden as well as Mostadaf. So they're all – that race looks like it, it sort of profiles as it's going to hold up as mid-120s and Global Storm ran 116 and was gifted it. So the Dubai City of Gold was – well, has nothing to do with the Shima Classic. It's interesting when you – the Dubai City of Gold, there's only been two in the last 10 years that have won without a blue jacket, but they've been postponed and hook them. So they just happen to have been the two good ones. 
So when the Blue Jackets, they just mop up if a good one doesn't come along, which for this race they haven't often and Saudi Arabia means we're, we're going to see even less, I suppose. This, this meeting, this Super Saturday has been sort of smashed by Saudi Arabia and the big money. So the, the Blue Jackets that have won a Hawkbill was a good horse, but other than that, they've been second tier. At home, we had a three-way tie. Did for the top rated performance, one that certainly warmed your heart. Notorious, nonconformist, and passive aggressive. One nineteen across the board, all three. So Beggy, ignoring Artorias. How could we? I can't say ignoring Artorias. How could I possibly putting Artorias to one side in a very special box where he belongs? Um, Graham Beg has trained the highest rated horse at Flemington. Yep, and the highest rated horse at Ramwick. Both of them first up. And both of them running to 119. Wow, Beggy. Massive hat tip. He's got a nice two-year-old going to Sydney as well. He's yeah, he's up and about. And Luna Flair, in the blamey behind Nonconformist, ran a – and she did this in the well, – she picks the big features to resume in. She resumed in the Winter Championship final. So he doesn't mind pitching her into the you know, the deepest of waters first up. But she was just humming along nicely, Luna Flair. I'm not sure where she's – well, she's headed for, for staying races. Maybe the Ramsden which is you know, big money. Uh, wow, that was, a, that was a lovely return as well. So Team Beg. Flying. Oh, my goodness. And I did note they have been outperforming the market by some way for some, way for some time. I did enjoy Artorius winning, putting a smile on your face, 1,300 metres, needing every metre to get there. <laughs> you've, seen the, you've seen the post-race. You've seen what's happening. I <laughs> wish we had a camera in office because the smile quickly turned to a what-the-you-know-what when now they're going back to the TJ. Wow. So he's going sprinting again. They're going to leave a second Doncaster on the table. Well, I mean, maybe you can make a fool of me. I couldn't help myself, so I did a little modelling around just the top ten in both of those markets, and I reckon he's about twice as likely to win the Doncaster, not even consi- like not even allowing for what trip he might prefer, assuming that he you know is as effective at 1,200 as he is at a mile. So by twat ratings... This is his best performance. Time form with a twist for those playing at home. Yeah. Yeah, just a, a slightly tweaked. It's essentially time. It's on the same scale as time form, essentially the same as time form, but with some um, fancy maths. Let's just say that. Keep a bit of mystique around it. <laughs> uh, this is his best effort to date. Yep. Topples his July Cup effort, topples his Blue Diamond effort, and I think his best run to date. The Guineas. Was the Caulfield Guineas behind Animo. Goes all right. Yeah, so he's come through with Animo. Interesting, he beat Animo in that blue diamond and ran really well behind him. So they'll, what, they'll want a piece, I guess, at two. Mm. Coming through together, the two big A's. Yep. Animo's won, what, a dozen races and eight group ones. This was Artorias' first win in two years. And it was kicking off at 1,300 and needing every inch of it. He stays powerfully on at the finish. He's just going to destroy them in the rider. The Doncaster, which he should have won last year, he's for the taking. And we're going back to the TJ. Well, the funny thing with the George Ryder is now Imperatrice isn't going either. She's going to the William Reed, which I think might be a gap between runs. They want a bigger gap is my read of that because both races, the Ryder is certainly tailor-made for a given who's going there. Notorious is current favourite by reports he'll be going the TJ. Is he current George Ryder favourite? He is. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Makes sense. Af Cabin, third line of betting. Then you've got Golden Mile, who ran better than I expected on the weekend. Cascadians in there, but probably still a run short. Mwanga is the one who's just jogging on the spot. So Mwanga, is he not All-Star Mile? I, don't, I can't. Uh, was he in that 10? 
Well, he'd wild. No, card. he wasn't in the he'd team. He'd wild card if he wanted. He could wild card in. I feel like he'd be if he wanted in, he'd get in, right? He's been terrific. Well, either way, the George Ryder's just going to completely fall away. Fangirl is going to be top weight for the Coolmore, so probably doesn't run. Then you've got Hinge, who I'd say runs so in the Coolmore. So here's one, just because we're going into Newmarket and Coolmore week, just like, while I'm complaining, basically. While I'm having a sook, I may as well keep going. <laughs> I've got him. Good. Why? That's what I want. So why? What is the the idea behind, well, she's top weight, so she won't. No one wants to run as top weight, even though statistically it's an event. You're in a good spot. You don't want to run because you're the best horse there. How many races are actually decided by weight alone? How many times is the best horse in the race not the winner? It's pretty rare, actually. I mean, it might be one of multi multiple variables that affects the results of some races, but the actual winning of races, there's not that many where the winner isn't the best horse. Weight stops trains, mate. <laughs> Here's the thing with Fangio. I don't actually know that she's not going to run because of the weight, but it's got a feeling because I heard hope in your heart was the same. They're worried she's got too much weight for the Cornwall. It's like it feels to me like you're almost saying, I'm worried that we're too good. Because <laughs> so, you know that, that you can prove this over thousands of races is that the way that the horse population is distributed is not properly accounted for by the handicap. We don't give good horses enough weight. That's true here. It's true everywhere. It's actually true across the world. It's true. That's when they say in those big feature handicaps, no horse has carried more than X weight to win. Yet everyone forgets that only one horse each year gets to run, whereas you get yeah. 10 horses yeah. under that weight or even more in the bigger handicaps. So genuinely, top weights outperform all the others, especially against the market. Yeah. But hey, no absolutely. one wants to run when they get a big weight. Mm. Getting back to the... So, yeah. Getting away from just ranting and whinging. <laughs> back to the George Ryder, pretty much the top end of the market, I don't think will be there. You've got Osipenko now off the setback going there. He's $8. He, he probably is favourite at the moment because Hinge is next in line. She'll run, I'd say, Saturday in the Coolmore. I wish I win won't be in the Ryder. If he's going up in trip, he'll be running in the All-Star Mile on the same day. Hope in your heart, Ice Bath. Laws of Indices. So the George Ryder, which was historically one of the best weight for age races of the carnival this year is the up for grabs. killed that, didn't it? Oh, destroyed it. So Fangirl might just go to the Ryder. Actually, She'll it doesn't sound like a terrible idea for Fangirl to go there. No, and then go to the Doncaster. The funny thing is it'll probably be a dry track on Saturday for the Coolmore. They won't run. And then the it'll piss down rain and she'll have no chance in the Ryder. So <laughs> yeah. uh, look forward to how that plays out. Well, just to complete my sook, Artorias sounds to me like he's inside two to one there. Yeah. And then you've got Golden Mile who now has been nommed to back up in the far lap. Yeah, I think I think Golden Mile will probably probably pitch up there. He'll be in the rider, surely. I mean, that's why they went to the Canterbury Stakes. Yeah, I'm assuming I mean. he's... They're not going to rush their way out of that. Yeah. Canterbury Stakes, rider, Doncaster, same Osipenko. So it's interesting. Artorias, I, I think you're right, had it on a platter given the way he won on the weekend. He's late. I mean, it looked like it, but his late splits were that good. He was fantastic. You know who the other one is? Just a sneaky, not for any... We can stop talking about George Riders and things, but um, is there a Ladies' Day Cup or something coming up at Hawkesbury for Kerwin's Lane? The Villiers winner? He's come back really well, so he's a... Doncaster flyer? Do you know, they'll probably run him there and he... Oh, of course, because he won the ticket. Oh, I see what's going on. Ah, oh, forget what I'm saying. He can't win. <laughs> Would you think that's... He can't win at Doncaster? No. But he could... Um, He'd run well in it. He could back up and win a JRA plate the week after. Yeah. Doncaster's pretty simple formula. You're either a three-year-old or you're a superstar. 
and then you have a few in between, but generally you stick to that say, formula. And what was Nadoya? <laughs> <laughs> There's a few in between that catch you out, but generally you stick to that formula and you'll make money in the Doncaster. So Osipenko looks to be that horse this year, although I wish I saw him on Saturday in the Guineas because he's behind the eight ball now. Well, I really thought Golden Mile was still... He was getting downplayed because he wasn't Animo and he still looked like a really good Doncaster horse to me. Mm. And I would say on the weekend, as you say, he outran he outran what I expected from him and he would have outrun what you expected from him. Oh, there was a chance where I thought he was actually going to win. I thought, oh, you're going to have egg on your face here. <laughs> but he ran, I think, the race of his life so far. Oh, yeah, If definitely. only by a little bit, but Has by something. Be. And he will improve again. I would have – that's not his target race. Yep. So all of a sudden he is developing into a Doncaster chance. He runs well on the right. Eh? Yeah, have to be a big chance. That's the they left that's the, the formula. Well, they've left the Ram Guineas on the table. <laughs> Communist wins. You're like, hold on a minute. Didn't we beat him at the mile last time? Yeah. <laughs> so very – they're still not really sure what to make of that Ram Guineas. We'll get back to it later. They probably zigged and zagged. Both of them the wrong way because Aft Cabin, I think most He's a people sprinter. most people would say that now, wouldn't they? I'd say he might be a little bit weak at the end of a mile. I th- is there a chance he was at the end of that Hobartville, probably just taking care of himself a little bit as well? I think he might just be looking after himself a little bit. Aft Cabin, bit of a powder puff. Well, he bled, and so maybe he's he's been through the wall. Doesn't want to get heard Aiden talk about taking mm. them through the wall. You got to you got to nurse them through the wall. You got they got to have a good time out there. If they if they hit that wall hard, they don't want to go through it again. Mm. Maybe he's hit the wall, and maybe he's just a little bit cautious. Bit of mental scarring. Mm, maybe it's completely wild speculation that. But well, we can't ask him, so we might as well speculate. Mm. Well, I had got, here we go. I had, fun fact, just looking at it, I had Golden Mile run the same number as Communist on the weekend, which would make some sense because there wasn't much between them. In the Tappy Craig, time honoured. Probably the best one we've seen. Probably. The biggest flop, this is pretty straightforward actually now when you look at it. Halal, first start for Tony Golan, usually a recipe for success. 22 pounds off his peak at $2.60. Yeah, that's a that's a bad day out for Halal. Mm. Who's <laughs> sort of this time this time last year, he's uh, third in the Ram Guineas. Mm. On this very weekend, yep, last year ran to what 112 there, and he just run second and given Animo a race. He came back and gave Animo another. Well, no, it's a stretch to say he gave him a race in the that'd be the Wink Stakes, wasn't it? Before he went to Melbourne, but wheels, wheels. Off. Yeah. <coughs> I remember backing Halal to win the Doncaster off that run, off the Ram Guineas run. Yeah, okay, yeah, wow, no, no. <laughs> Honorable mentions to the two favourites in the Guineas. Jackano, 11 pounds off his best at 260, and Aft Cabin, 6 pounds off his best at 250. Both ridden negatively, so you can make excuses there. But A strong week for flop of the week. And I guess the bigger flop out of everything is we have to mention the ore form. The ore form was uh, or, ready, ready, awful. <laughs> the top three. I've been preparing that one. All coming off that form at their next start. Mm. So I had a little look at that. So Jackano, 11 pounds. Gentleman Roy then turned around at seven to four and got beaten in the the race after. So you're talking about he was, I think he was about two to one the fair. Well, he won the all. Jack and O by the jump. Yeah. So well, both winners of the all uh, went eleven and seven pounds off and lost as favourites within an hour. So the all form, you know, it was in the gun at that point. Halal's done it a big favour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nugget dipped one. Thunder, Thunder and Mr. Brightside did improve off that. Maybe it was a poor platform. Maybe they are going. Maybe they're ready to really improve now. We talked about that last week. Maybe Thunderstruck now that he's really let everyone down, and everyone's going to abandon the Thunderstruck ship. We've all had enough of him, 
and maybe now's time to uh, maybe he's actually gone better than expectation. Aegon slipped up, but uh, Tuvalu awful in the blaming. Mm. He's a sneaky candidate as well. He didn't do anything in that oar either. And he kept up, but only because the pace was so slow you couldn't not keep up. So he's not come up. No. Based on his two runs, of course, things can change pretty quickly. And Turath barely got to the corner in a mare's race. So it's it's not been form. No. Uh, other interesting side notes from Flemington. We saw a three-year-old filly storm into the top five fillies in the country in secret and cool and gather at the top of those power rankings. Zoo gotcha, Amelia's Jewel, and one joined Amelia's Jewel, rated 114. And it wasn't the Australian Guineas winner. How's that for theatre? Unreal. <laughs> it's good podcasting for me, that, isn't it? Bill, everyone thought I was going to say Legato, didn't they? Yeah. Benedetta, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I sent you a message on the day, filthy that Opal Ridge was scratched, and uh, I think I might have got away with one. You got away with one. She was not going to run 114. I didn't think Benedetta was going to run 114. Nice filly going the right mm. way. She was in line to run something like between 100 and 105. I think she'd run 101 plus the start before. She used that plus. Uh, wow. Exploded, 114. Yeah, so that's the equal, and this seems a little bit crazy when you think about it, but the equal of Amelia's Jewel winning the Northerly. Better than the surround winner, better than the 1,000 guineas winner, albeit by one and two pounds, not much. But, um, yeah, that's big. And better than the filly who won the Australian guineas, although I can't help but think that was a messy race and... The winner better than the bare result in the end. I can't. She's run 112. She was 110 plus in New Zealand, winning the Guineas over there. This undersells the win, doesn't it? 112 for a, the Guineas winner, which is we're down at Luna Fox and Furlax levels in terms of um, history of the Australian Guineas, and we're a long way from Moshine. And I don't think she is as good as Moshine, but I think she's, I think she's better than Luna Fox. She should be unbeaten. You think she should have won the start before that? <laughs> Coming back to the filly, Benedetta, Stable had one win the Galaxy pretty impressively. Is that where they head with her? Where would you go with her? Got to be tempting. Geez, she pulls up well. It's got to be tempting to have even a rip at a new market in seven days, doesn't it? Have um, to, yeah. This was, as I said, the this is a you know restricted sales race. There's a lot of nice horses in here, but no really good ones. Paris Dior is a, a good filly to towel up, though. Oh, yeah. Um, She's on a bad line, Philly. a fit and going well in Surrection. Cythera had run well first up from a break and had run well in all three race course appearances. So there's nice horses here. And she spanked them. Nice ones rather than great ones, but she did to them what a really good one would do. Yeah. So I don't think in sprinting terms, put it this way, they're entitled to be hugely optimistic. If they wanted to have a go at anything, you'd say, well, have a go. Well, then I don't think she'd be starting. She's not starting favourite in a new market or even a Galaxy, but she's... It's not ridiculous. And as you say, Bell Sprinter, was uh, he'd have fond memories of the Galaxy. That was a He's a Galaxy winner of some note. That was unreal. Snitzerland was absolutely bolting. And she could bolt. And he went straight past her like she was nailed to the fence. And Snitzerland comfortably beat the rest. Yeah, that was a win. So For Jay Warren, friend of the show. He's, been, he's Melbourne's Bryce. He is flying. Flying. He's horse- it's funny that you can see these things in... Lower levels. All of a sudden, three months ago, whatever it was, Jason Warren's horses just started running, not necessarily even winning, but every time you did the splits, you nice know, figure. there's all these nice, you know, okay, well, that's running really. Oh, gee, that'll win something. That The Black Book's all of a sudden loaded with Jay Warren. Hasn't been for two years. Mm. Humming. But none have gone better than this one. This is, a, as I said, top five filly in the country. So you'd have to go to, it's surely Newmarket or Galaxy have to be next. Yeah, well, I don't. I have to is a that's a, that's strong wording. 
It is strong wording. It's not as um, – I don't think it's as obvious and I don't think she has to go as much as I think Artorias has to go to the Doncaster. Yeah. Just going to keep dragging that. <laughs> I think it's just three-year-olds, group one handicaps, they're tailor-made for them and she's gone like an absolute rocket a couple of weeks out from the group one handicap feature of the course and distance. I wish I wins, obviously, top dog, but you got to have a throw. Well, I would be if she pulls up well. Yeah, yeah. Good for racing if she does. So another reason why I hope she does. So Legato was good. She's a bit better than Prowess who will come across here, but she missed the derby and yeah, will she miss, she's going to take on the older horses in yeah. the Bone Crusher before skipping across here, Prowess. But that, as you said, Legato might have been a bit stiff not to beat Prowess and rated higher than Prowess, but not by miles in New Zealand. And this looks pretty good. And that Kiwi form continues to hold up. It does. And Michael McNabb cutting off a leg to have to ride. Uh, prowess against the older horses away oh, for age, yeah. and he is absolutely flying. Eddie McNabb. I'm going to say one of the form jockeys in the world at the moment. He's flying over there. Well, there you go. And he's sticking with her, so that tells you what he thinks of her. You should hit the Bruce button on that one. Yeah. M. McNabb, Black Book. He is, yeah. <laughs> Every time you look up, he's riding winners over there. So looking at his last three months in New Zealand, 113 rides, 32 winners, 28%. Market expected 23 so what, that's nine winners above and beyond what a very hungry market has demanded from him. Mm. Wow. And currently on his biggest losing sequence, 12 at the moment. Well, there's nothing wrong with 12. Mm. And, yep, certainly a jockey to follow if you do bet New Zealand. If you do bet New Zealand, you are well aware of this, but, yep, a big push that he's getting his weight right down to ride the filly against the older horses. Oh, hopefully he gets to, to come across and ride her here as well because she'll be... She'll be a, a terrific winning chance. The, the Kiwis are always very interesting and always well-respected in those. Like Oaks, that's their game, isn't it? We're what? talking about Legato and um, Imperatrice particularly. Wait for, wait for Age Sprints hasn't necessarily been their go, but Oaks, who's our, who I'm I'm trying to rack my brain. Who who are we putting up against this? Not much. Zoo gotcha. Oh, okay. She'll probably... Queen Air. Ugh. Zenzella, Foxy Cleopatra, Madame Pomery, and then uh, another Kiwi, Polygon's in there. Fireburn, Pavitra. Yeah, nice enough horse, but mm. um, no, okay. Kiwis are right in the game, having rattled that list off. Yep. Talk, we're trying to figure out whether Imperatrice would come off the big rating. She did come off the big rating. She still ran one of her best races, 118 behind Artorias. And did you know that was on the cusp of the, of the top five Tiakau performances in Australia? Tangerine. Well, well I shouldn't say performances because some horses did have put up multiple, but <laughs> she is tied for sixth with King's Chapel and Melody Bell. And on trivia, an integrate. We ran second in a Hollandale by the look of this. A pound better than Darcy Brahma. But can you name, racing trivia, can you name five TR cows to have outperformed Imperatrice in Australia? So TR cow shark. He is number one. Extravagant for his performance in the mounting yard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unrated, but, well, rated X. Ginger? <laughs> Ginger Nuts is there, 121 winning the Rose Hill Guineas. Streeted them in the Rose Hill Guineas, yes. But there is one that splits Tiaka Shark and Ginger Nuts, and she didn't actually wear tangerine, so it's a bit of a trick. Oh, well, I've got no hope then. Well, it's probably She's pretty good. She was very good. Not uh, probably. Distinctly secret, fourth in a Caulfield Cup, among other good efforts here, and Princess Cope, who again didn't wear the tangerine, but was... Part of the squad. But yeah, so Imperatrice was, was terrific again in defeat, albeit coming off her rating, which is interesting handicapping because you were sure that she would. 
I wasn't quite so sure. The mail out of the weekend for Imperatrice is she didn't eat up overnight mm, well, in the lead up to the race. Yeah, I'm not sure you can run that well without being in pretty good nick. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, oh, she, did, she didn't win perhaps. You don't run that well if you're no good. So I call nonsense. Like, it's a bit like Saeed with his 85% fit. Come on, you're being a bit cute with it. <laughs> Speaking of cute with it, <laughs> Segway, that's professional Segway work. Speaking of being a bit cute with it, B. Avdala, T. Pendrith, Bonnie, Ezra allowed Sir Lucan and Bullfinch to an extent to just control things in front and left running on forlornly late Bonnie Ezra. But a fantastic performance, I suppose, training-wise from Water Bottle Enterprises with Sir Lucan off such a long break. Last seen in very elegant Melbourne Cup. Didn't have to be at his absolute best to win this and gifted it to some extent, but they'd be thrilled with that as a kickoff. But Bonnie Ezra is both flying and probably a reminder that this form is not going to be sort of – this is second wave. Yep. This is Wagga bound, isn't it? Wagga Gold Cup. We've got markets for that? I think they're aiming a little bit higher, but sure. They might, they might be aiming. <laughs> I'm telling them where they're going. <laughs> Pendrith for B. Avdala on Bonnie Ezra and then in one of the great racing rags to riches stories, he gets off Bonnie Ezra, dirty with himself, have to be. He, he was filthy. Was he? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> anyway, he would, have, he would have been. He would have been. He walks into the room. He's kicking the cat. He hates getting the Pendrith. It, he does. It would have rattled him. It, and he would have known. He would have, he, got, he got off and he thought, oh, I'm, I'm a candidate here. God, I hope Willow misses the kick on Giga Kick. Give me a chance. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he goes out and he, redeems yep. himself. Dashing legend, Morikawa. The first time ever someone's... In not only on the same day, but in consecutive races, has swept the board. What a hit back. Pendrith, all up Morikawa, B. Avdala, ride of the day on Dashing Legend. Could not ride the Ramwick 1100 better than that. And mm. getting Dashing Legend to run 108 probably tells me that Dashing Legend isn't a pinch better than 108. That's still a, you know, that's a solid fireball number, if not a vintage one. But the story here, I don't think any of these horses, to be honest, in the, in the fireball are beyond fireball standard, but... The story is B.F. Duller. What a story it is. How lucky was he to hold off Craig with the Pendrith this week? Because Giga Kick looked to oh, be Craig gave, very Craig gave fast. him a run. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that, that last 200 there where Giga Kick starts absolutely like really wor- wor- warming into things. He runs a little bit faster than that and gives himself up as, as being ready to do even better. He's, he's given him a run. It's a good return, Giga Kick. It really is. Deserved favourite for the TJ? Uh, I think so. Probably. I'm trying to think now. I did just price this up before because I was looking at it and I think Artorius is 20s to 25s and I think he's about 10 bucks in a Doncaster just modelling around the top 10 in the market, which is obviously a very crude way to go about it. But You're not upset about this, are you? I just needed to prove my point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he does a. Do you know it's funny? I'm more impressed with Giga Kick post Everest than in the Everest because in the Everest I thought that You didn't was believe it. It was a little bit of a spike out of nowhere. The form before that's nice without Ben. The two runs since have been better. Not than the Everest run. They've been worse. But they've said that the Everest run, they've put meat on the bones of that Everest run. They've said that that's not a complete outlier and that he it somewhat describes how good a giga kick is. He might actually be, be able to move his mean up towards his peak, which I, I've got to say, on Everest evening over a... Nice little glass of red wine. I it did cross my mind that his average rating is never going to be anywhere. Near. The difference between his average and his peak 
is going to be massive forever. Mm. Maybe not. Maybe not. He's dragging it the right way. And he'll have to run, you would think, to that back to that Everest rating to, to beat probably the same horse, Private Eye. And Colin Morikawa winner, Brenton Avdullah, in the TJ Smith. Mm. They are front of house there, I would have thought. Yep. If I wish I win comes, he'd be interesting off the new market. I think he's he is interesting. He is officially interesting. He's interesting wherever he goes. Mm. And then the old boy nature strip in secret is still bizarrely single figures. Is she still going on Saturday? I'm not sure. To the new market? She's been top of the betting there for a, a long, long time. Well, all the big Mazu's going to the new market first up. I think Lost and Running is Galaxy first up. So it's your same sort of, but it is a, you get the feeling it is a changing of the guard. Yeah, to some extent. Edmato's run really well. Just not well enough. Just not quite well enough, the old boy. I was very impressed with Remark as well. I've got him running a new career peak there on the weekend. (laughs) Good on him. Uh, I tell you what, he has become consistent. I've got him cut running 109, 111, 107, 111, 112. So he has become very reliable. He did run 107 at his second start. So he's he's no better now, really. A fractionally better than he was as a two-year-old now, but he sure is probably more reliable. Well, not even probably. He absolutely is because I uh, I backed that horse one day when he turned it in at Bendigo. <laughs> Still salty. <laughs> Don't I hold grudges. Just, just quickly before we get around the grounds, can you give us a quick update on your view of the two-year-olds? They were average again I don't mean average in the way people use it when they go, oh, that's average, when what they mean is that's below average. Then people use the word average to describe things that they, when they mean exactly that it's not average. <laughs> that's a, oh, that went average. No, it didn't. It went way, way worse than average. Uh, whereas these two-year-olds are average, which is fine. Yep. It's better than below average. Um, but Cylinder put up, I think, the best performance so far. I Strike while, strike while I'm hot. I did put the first 10 in the market into the uh, simulator there as well, and I think the market is pretty close. Might undersell the Blue Diamond a bit, though, because I think the Sydney, again, I don't think the Blue Diamond was necessarily a good Blue Diamond. In fact, I think it was average, but I think it fits in a bit better. But I tend to think this most years. And the interesting thing about, we'll get more onto this as we get closer to the slipper and we do previews and don't need to ramble on too much about it here, but the interesting thing about the Blue Diamond is that it's one of the absolute best slipper trials, and yet every year, because people just count winners, they say that it's a terrible slipper trial and that it's not performing. It is performing and continues to perform really well in terms of percentage of runners beaten and percentage of runners running places. It picks up more places than it should and places slowly convert into wins. So I would have thought that Blue Diamond form in that early betting is a, a little bit undersold. And even Barber, who was ordinary in the Blue Diamond, but if the good stable says that's fine and we go on, he's um, how good is how good is one that they've abandoned? Because mm. learning to fly, they for a four-horse field, and you predicted this, they went way too fast. Mm. I prefer that they err on the side of going too fast, but they were in the straight for 45 minutes. That was... <laughs> is that the concern, though? They, yeah, I went and put the kettle on at the 300 and watched the finish. <laughs> they set up to run good figures and fill in a heap. If you're really good, you go that fast early, and then that sets you up to run really fast time. Yeah. Yeah, learning to fly is... There is a lot to like about learning to fly, but you'd love to see her do something. I think she impresses everyone but the ratings nerds at this stage. Would that be fair? Yeah. And it's not when I say it's not that the ratings. Ner- well, I'm we're sorry. looking at it. From I'm a speaking. Slipper a, perspective. I'm speaking on behalf of several other ratings nerds who may not agree with me. But <laughs> yeah. uh, my read of 
this is that she's run very typical winning ratings for the races she's won rather than better than average. And the way that she went about it to, you know, look, people say, oh, she was gutsy, she was brave. And this all may be true, but she was also slower than you would like. <laughs> is that? Yeah. Yeah. Gutsy, brave, courageous. You know, she's got a great attitude. She knows where the line is, just like, you know, she knows where the winning post is, all those sorts of things that are, you know, sure. But you'd love them to run faster, to be a seven to two shot in a slipper. Good stable, though. King's Gambit is still in this betting swell. It's, I, I make him closer to 40 to 1 than, than 10 to 1. I'll flip the other way with that. Yeah. I so think I'm, it's a good chance. I'm just going off the numbers. He hasn't been in real races since his, since his debut, really. They've all been jiggy jog small. That, that wasn't a real race. That's been falling over everywhere. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just going off the numbers. I mean, maybe. What if it's a little bit too overcast for him on slipper day? <laughs> yeah, that'd probably be better. <laughs> what, if there's a, what if there's a morning fog? The old yeah. pea super in the morning, he doesn't go on those days. <laughs> I know. He's a pretty he's a pretty good line. He's obviously talented, but he's uh when you keep running hundred and five, it's you can keep telling us that you're hundred and fifteen, you know, in, in the press room. Yeah, yeah, we're hundred and fifteen, we're hundred and fifteen. This is a good cold, he's hundred and fifteen. And you keep turning up and running hundred and five, how many times before you go, I think he's hundred and five. Mm. Oh, I'm just hoping the market deserts him like you. Yeah. Well that's I Barber has run Without running great figures necessarily, he's run. He's put up much better form than King's Gambit, and the market has abandoned him. But look at this. Yep, get him in a full field. They did ride him like it was a video game last start. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's in their heads, isn't he? Yeah, he's, <laughs> uh, he, he's got a bit of a smell of a uh, morning track work hero, and he got track work at Caulfield one day. But we recorded that one, and since then he's no, he hasn't shown up on race day, and he feels like he's in their heads a bit. Anyway, I think the Blue Diamond... Well, the Blue Diamond form is absolutely better than what he's got in the book so far. Oh, I'm going off not what he's done, what I think he can do. Yeah. He's only a length and change off Cylinder and Red Resistance, and they're the two best Colts in Sydney. So they don't have to get much more right with him for him to be in the finish. That's how I'm looking at it. He didn't go, He didn't make my uh, my little attempt at pricing this up or spinning this through the model core niche, but he's in there as well at big prices when he's not done anything really wrong. He's hit the same averages that all these... They're average, and he keeps hitting the same averages as well, so he's not hopeless, you wouldn't have thought. He profiles... To me, Corniche profiles like one of those 20-to-1 shots in a normal year, and this is probably a bit soft. So there might be some juice there, but... So Cylinder favourite for you at this stage? Yeah, yeah. No, he looks... I think that's about right, based on the Todman. The Todman was good. That's the best... That's the best... That's the best we've seen. That's the best we've got, yeah. yeah. All right. Get ready. It's time for Around the Grounds. Yeah, so... Nonconformist is your round the grounds hero in Melbourne in the Blamey and earns himself a ticket to the All Star Mile, which I assume they will take up. And 119, he'll run really well there, but the race that's interesting for him is the Australian Cup. And I think he's. So last week we saw Gold Trip just miss Dynam at about 112.13, they were running and cascading back from that to other Australian Cup hopefuls in the St. George, slash now Petey Young. He ran 119, so he would have thumped them. With this performance, it's a big win. Oh, he yeah, he drew well away from them at the finish, yeah, and backed up by the clock, which you would expect when you see that sort of concertina effect at the at the finish there, where they're stretching out. That's because this was a race, a real well, gentleman. Race. Roy put it on, right? Yeah, he did. He did. What a grand horse he is, and he can't look. He didn't run to his best, but he was off a pathetic fourteen hundred into a not you know into a real mile, and it probably caught him out. So, uh, as I said, Luna Flair was sneaky humming along there for something as well. 
You no, can't see, but she's Adam seven year old mad. Keeps Flair. raising his eyebrows every yeah, time he mentions no, there's, her. There's a bit to like about little Linda. Flair <laughs> <laughs> um, Uncle Brent, I backed in that race and was okay, but I thought a bit disappointing. He still Im- improved nicely, but he needed to. I thought he might just peak straight away. He only w- yeah. He'll peak next time now, I'd say. So the elevator, he only went up a few floors instead of four <laughs> or five. <laughs> exactly. Do you know, I looked all through that and I can't, you know, I hate to spoil the fun, but he, I just don't think it's, there's no statistical proof that, that he is any more high variance than any other trainer. But <laughs> let me live in my world. It is funny. So, you know, that's more important than the truth. <laughs> uh, but even so, I must say, as an Uncle Brinbacker, a little bit disappointed with his effort. Well, not his effort, but I thought he might run a little bit better than that. I don't think it mattered because I, I must admit I might have forecast him running Two lengths better than this, but not four and a half. So, yeah, that was a, a pretty good win. Two good wins there. Two surprisingly, like, two horses that surprised on the upside with bigger wins than way above race averages in nonconformist and Benedetta. Two big winners. Yep. That's exciting. It's excitement. Exciting. Very exciting. Uh, Sydney was a draw, as we said. The Ram at Guineas. Do you have anything to offer on the Ram at Guineas, or did we already talk about that? Sort of. Yeah. The draw, by the way, of just started rambling on about the Ram of Guineas, even though it's not to do with what the <laughs> just answering my own questions now. But um, passive aggressive and Artorias both ran the same number. Yep. Getting back to the Ram of Guineas, Osipenko for me would have won, and then he will go to the Rider, which is of interest. In terms of those horses going to the Rose Hill Guineas, I'd probably lean to the horses out of the Australian Guineas. Virtuous Circle. Mm. He ran. He was nice. Nicely. So. This is this has dawned on me that the George Ryder is on All Star Mile Day, and that means the Alistair Clark is on Rose Hill Guineas Day, and they've beefed the Alistair Clark up with money as well. It's like seven fifty or something, so it's enough to. So is that <laughs> what so they've destroyed the Rose Hill Guineas? Because oh. the Melbourne horses won't come. You don't reckon? Oh well, they won't. Well, not not if there's seven fifty in their backyard. I would, well, put it this way: I would have thought I saw Virtual Circle there, and I was like, oh yeah. You, I mean, I I sort of grimaced a bit when they skipped the Vic Derby mm. off that Vars run. Yeah. Thinking, wow, you You've you're missed single one figures in a two million dollar race here and he I thought he would just run out of his absolute skin in a derby and, and you've left it on the table and then he came back in the horrible race behind Glint of Hope. Um and didn't get a fair crack at them because that sort of pace is you know, that's barely a barrier trial, that autumn stakes, but he improved Quickly and well, virtuous circle on the weekend. I thought, wow, you are you're back on track. Like, well, absolute hat tip to Liam Howley. Yeah, you might get another look at a big, big three year old, well, feature and then Derby. Um, but yeah, he'll probably he'll probably go back to the Valley. I would say so. He's not going to the Rose Hill Guineas. So maybe the Rose Hill Guineas is just these horses. Kiwis make it across. Sharp and smart won't. He'll go straight he to won't. the Derby, won't he? Yeah. Pericles is favourite at the moment. Attrition. Uh, the Rose Hill Guineas. So I wonder which way he goes as well. He's in, I don't know. And then attrition, Machilate, amenable. But as you touched on, these horses in Melbourne probably stay in Melbourne. Then you've got Communist, Elliptical, he probably stays down. Manzois, I thought he was good late. If there yeah, is he going, was fine. He was yeah, fine. I feel he's probably the one in Sydney you want to stick your flag to. Yeah, I think he ran He ran the same number he ran in the Spring Champion before he won so that's nice. Like he's he's picked up. He's ahead of where he he's was. He's ahead of where he was, which you'd expect, but you'd, it's still nice to see him um, come back and and do it. So no, he's he's done everything right there. There's a few disappointments in that Australian Guineas as well, and like Mr Maestro and Muramasa, who were thereabouts in that Derby failed. Sharp and smart actually. 
he the splits say that he wasn't he was it wasn't a strongly run derby and it was Mark Twain in fourth who was a offshore another offshore Pendrith nominee. Mm. So he he only got away with Zealand Derby as opposed to lighting it up over there. Watching it live it looked like he didn't stay. But he was just he, he was just better than him. He did seem to shut down late. They were closing him down at the finish. As you say, he might maybe he was Shut down on purpose. Maybe it was a maybe the jock gave him the little. It's it's okay now, fella. We've done it because he travelled all over them at the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't he didn't run up to his absolute peak winning that, and I'd you know I'd say have to when he comes back to Australia. But he's still number one seed, isn't he? He he didn't soften his claims by winning the New Zealand Derby. <laughs> put it that way. But I I think most people expected him to be a ginger nuts Mongolian Khan style winner. Yeah, he wasn't. He was average. No. He's average in the average in the sense that I mean the mean average. Yeah, average NZ Derby winner. He was bang on the number. I think actually, he's been heralded as superstar. You're not sold yet. Got a superstar record. Yeah, I, I don't want to be mean though because I quite like him. Mm. Yeah, but I'm he's not on their he, level. He didn't do he didn't do anything there that was superstarish. Yeah, or freakish. His win prior was it better. Was. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's a much better way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Brisbane, in the race where Halal disgraced himself and earned himself the flop of the week, Jetty ran to 103 to touch off the big goodbye. I think the big goodbye ran 102 again, and I think the 102 from a couple of weeks back was enough to get him. Brisbane, I think he was a around-the-grounds winner himself, backed it up but found Jetty a pound better. Uh, there were a couple of other 102s on that card as well, so that was a competitive heat. I think they had trials up there as well. There was um, trials for the bit of a feature, what's it called, the jewel or something like that. There's jewels, there's waves, there's all sorts of things popping up up there. And that Mashani Royale who strung a few together. She won one of the Magic Millions trials but didn't run in the millions. But she's deep into the 90s and was much better than the Colt was Spin Doctor and the Philly was much, much better. Deep or run a number? Deep or was one of your 102s. What's the, tell me the deep or story you... You've brought Deep Or up. Tell me why. No, oh, no, nice horse. Oh, okay. Well, Put a couple on the bounce and Adam Campton certainly going well at the moment looking at the last three months. Only 20 runners but has picked up five winners, market expected three and a half. So beating the market and his horses are going about it the right way. So certainly a nice stable on the up. Yeah, Deep Or, Deep or was a trendy splits horse. The start before that ran really good splits at Doombin, backed it up, one, ran 102 for a fleeting moment. He had the highest rating at Eagle Farm, sewn up, but unfortunately the big goodbye has done enough to make Jetty have to strain that extra pound and go 103 and knock him off. What a shame for Deepaw. Uh, Adelaide, Morfittville, no one broke 100. Struck by, struck early with a 95. Nice horse struck by. Uh, only to come up short as Tassado run to 96. Tassado had been behind Beggy's two-year-old in the... Talon Dirt, what's the name of Beggy's two-year-old? Mahaba. Mahaba. Could uh, be Pega or, Pega, Pega or Black Opal. Competitive in both, you would think, and now that form has gone on the road and held up. Tassado running the same number as last start, 96, and then snatched away from him by Stupendo, freshened up, pitched across to Murray Bridge by Danio, and beats Elite Icon and Trey Porti, stable made of. So one and three for Danio in the good money millions race over there, but Stupendo... Stupendo's Giga Kick form. He's part of that Giga Kick, Buenos Notches, spacewalky sort of early. The early form spring. that he thinks no good off. <laughs> yeah, I think it's well. I the think form you think is uh, references to like that form, and then making references to the Everest off that form as if it ties it to, in any way. I thought was 
a little bit loose. I think that was playing fast and loose with the facts because <laughs> I think Giga Kick was a huge spike out of those out of those races. You probably often find that with back markers as well, the horses that are ridden back. They're ridden to the – there's a little bit of – you know, the you know, footy teams, they always talk about footy teams playing up or playing down to their opposition. I think yeah. back markers do that a bit because they're at the complete mercy of the race that they're in. Have a look at a horse called Daily Bugle going to Wangaratta on Saturday for the same thing. I mean, you you can go in better races and you'll settle in the same position, but you'll be going much faster and so you'll run a much better figure and then you go back and you just settle in the same position against slower horses. So you're going even slower so you get the same result but a weaker rating and that might be the Giga Kick story. He just managed to come. When the bar raised, he went with it. That's my view. That's good you got a story. Yeah, and a chance to <laughs> and a chance to bag Daily Bugle at Wangaratta yeah. while I'm at it. I get all my salty. That's <laughs> ah, good you wouldn't look out of place in the press room now. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, <laughs> Ascot, tell there was one horse hit triple figures. Unable to do it at Murray Bridge, but at Ascot, one hit triple figures. Only one. So it was a quiet meeting in Perth. It was, yep. Yep, just a, just a gap-filling meeting. Well, I don't want to be hard. I love the, you know, everyone, you need the normal to appreciate the brilliant days. So there's nothing wrong with just a day at Ascot. Um, but Tad Weir was the sole runner to hit triple figures. Tad Weir, three on the bounce. It took eight starts to bring up his first win for the stable, but certainly hitting form now. Marginal improvement on Saturday, so whether they can get another win out of him is my little niggle. He was on the quick backup, so it was a good setup. The race was run to suit. He's an interesting horse for the market to assess next time out, as in I'd want to be against. Yeah, okay. And you're a Gangemi fan as well. I'm Huge. Is he the golden of the West? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're the best that they get these tried horses and they play some really well. Yeah. And... Do you like that? The Golan of the West? That's solid, isn't it? Although Halal is... Uh, <laughs> send him to Gangemi. See what he can do with it. Well, it's a massive rap because Golan will be one of the best trainers in the country, whichever way you slice it. Hmm. That is just so exciting. This we- is exciting. No, it's not that exciting. <laughs> I was left scrambling for this a little bit, but another chance for me to complain, which is always good. Yep. Uh, do you know I didn't even back this? I'm just complaining. I didn't even have a bet in the race, but I'm just complaining for the sport. Master of the Seas, what a carve up. Left with plenty to do, but the joy of it is... Um, you know what? I'm not complaining because the joy of it is... I skim around now. The the Japanese are routing these international meetings. They're doing it with weight of numbers, though, as well. So I actually think they're, they're dominating markets a bit now as well, but I'm not sure that they're any more lethal than they've been... than they were 10 years ago. They're just, they're just more of them. So the Dubai turf early betting is dominated by the Japanese. Lord North kicked off the other... The old champ, Lord North, he's won the last two of these, or they had to share it with the Panther last year. Um, and he's back and, and seems in good nick as well. So he'll go well, but then other than that, the, the market is Japanese. Panther Lassar. Sorry, who's exciting? I'm getting there. Did I say Master of the Seas? He's exciting. <laughs> Master of the Seas is exciting, all right? <laughs> I've gone full Frank Costanza now. I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> Do you know who else is in this? Sorry to go off again. You know who else is in these early markets for the Dubai turf? Is Laws of Indices. Is he going? Is he? He might be going again. Get back on the road again. Well, he can't beat Animo, so. Why not? Why not go and try and beat Deduce? And Seraphos is the horse I was thinking. Oh, so D Lane will go across and yep. D Lane is on the, the global train these days. He is. He's one a wanted the, man. One of the world's power jockeys. Wouldn't make it in Sydney, though. No, Neil was right. He'd never make it in Sydney, and that's why he's running scared off to all these massive international meetings now. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that market is owned by Deduce and Seraphos, who are both mid-120s. Lord North can win this and Panther Lasso 
well, they both did win this last year, but Master of the Seas should have won the Jebel Hatter, should have run into the 120s to do so, ran 120-plus winning first up, backed up by the clock. So he's in great – and that was off a long break, so he needed that one. So he set himself up there. He's like, I'm going to run mid-120s this prep. He couldn't do that here because William Buick didn't let him, um, but his splits were great. So both runs this time to me say, yeah, okay, 125 incoming. That will make the Japanese stretch. That's deduced max, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. And I'm not. Are you a deduced back to 1800? Is that interesting to you? I'm not a huge knock, but I'm not a. I'm not thinking it's. I don't love it. Yeah, I didn't think it was exactly what he's. he's they're not dodging for. They're it, dodging it? equinox. They're dodging equinox. Geez, equinox would have been chucked. <laughs> I'm saying, gee, I think the Japanese are getting a little bit trendy when I'm looking at the Dubai turf market, but not the. Not necessarily the Shima Classic where, as I said the at the start, the um, Dubai City of Gold hardly would have sent a shiver down the spine of Equinox. He'll, he'll absolutely route those unless John Gosden brings something solid from Europe. But anyway, I've, re- <laughs> I've gone completely off the reservation here. But Master of the Seas is the horse that me and Bruce are excited about this week and we're excited about him being double-figure prices in the Dubai turf. Get around it. That wraps us up. We'll be back with the punters preamble on Thursday. We'll take a look at the feature races at Canberra on Sunday and Monday. We'll have no idea who's running in the Black Opal though because we won't find out till Saturday morning with scratchings for the Pago Pago, assuming there'll be a few dual acceptors. But looking forward to what I think is the best weekend in Canberra.